Chapter One of Khalid, A Tale of Arabia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Angelique G. Campbell, December 2018. Khalid, A Tale of Arabia by Francis Marion Crawford. Chapter One khalid stood in the third heaven which is the heaven of precious stones and of azrael the angel of death in the midst of the light shed by the fruit of the trees azrael himself is sitting and will sit until the day of the resurrection from the dead writing in his book the names of those who are to be born and blotting out the names of those who have lived their years and must die each of the trees has seventy thousand branches each branch bears seventy thousand fruits each fruit is composed of seventy thousand diamonds rubies emeralds carbuncles jacinths and other precious stones the stature and proportions of azrael are so great that his eyes are seventy thousand days journey apart the one from the other khalid stood motionless during ten months and thirteen days waiting until azrael should rest from his writing and look towards him then came the holy night called al Qadir, the night of peace in which the koran came down from heaven azrael paused and raising his eyes from the scroll saw khalid standing before him Azrael knew Khalid, who was one of the genii converted to the faith on hearing Muhammad read the Quran by night in the valley of Nakla. He wondered, however, when he saw him standing in his presence, for the genii are not allowed to pass even the gate of the first heaven, in which the stars hang by chains of gold, each star being inhabited by an angel who guards the entrance against the approach of devils azrael looked at khalid in displeasure therefore supposing that he had eluded the heavenly sentinels and concealed an evil purpose but khalid inclined himself respectfully there is no allah but allah mohammed is the prophet of allah he said thus declaring himself to be of the muslim genii who are upright and are true believers how camest thou hither asked azrael by the will of allah who sent his angel with me to the gate khalid answered i am come hither that thou mayest write down my name in the book of life and death that i may be a man on earth and after an appointed time thou shalt blot it out again and i shall die azrael gazed at him and knew that this was the will of allah for the angels are thus immediately made conscious of the divine commands he took up his pen to write but before he had traced the first letter he paused this is the knight el Qadir, he said if thou wilt tell me therefore thy story 
for i am now at leisure to hear it thou knowest that i am of the upright genii khalid answered and i am well disposed towards men in the city of riyadh in arabia there rules a powerful king the sultan of the kingdom of najed blessed in all things save that he has no son to inherit his vast dominions one daughter only has been born to him in his old age of such marvellous beauty that even the black-eyed virgins enclosed in the fruit of the tree sadrat who wait for the coming of the faithful would seem but mortal women beside her her eyes are as the deep water in the wells of zobade when it is night and the stars are reflected therein her hair is finer than silk red with henna and abundant as the foliage of the young cypress tree her face is as fair as the kernels of young almonds and her mouth is sweeter than the mellow date and more fragrant than oud mingled with ambergris she possesses moreover all the virtues which become women for she is as modest as she is beautiful and as charitable as she is modest from all parts of arabia and egypt and from syria and from persia and even from samarkand from afghanistan and from india princes and king's sons continually come to ask her in marriage for the fame of her beauty and of her virtues is as wide as the world but her father desiring only her happiness leaves the choice of a husband to herself and for a long time she refused all her suitors for there is in the palace at Uriad a certain secret chamber from which she can observe all who come and hear their conversation and see the gifts which they bring with them at last there came as a suitor an unbeliever a prince of an island by the shores of india beautiful as the moon whose speech was honey and who surpassed all the suitors in riches and in the magnificence of the presents he brought for he came bearing with him a hundred pounds weight of pure gold and five hundred ounces of ambergris and a great weight of musk and aloes and sandalwood and rich garments without number and many woven shawls of cashmere of which the least splendid was valued at a thousand sharifs of gold an innumerable retinue accompanied him and twenty elephants and horses without number besides camels the sultan's daughter beheld this beautiful prince from her secret hiding-place and all that he had brought with him the sultan received him with kindness and hospitality but assured him that unless he would renounce idolatry and embrace the true faith he could not hope to succeed in his purpose therefore he was much cast down and soon afterwards 
having received magnificent gifts in his turn he would have departed on his way disappointed and heavy at heart but zahoa sent for her father and entreated him to bid the young prince remain for it is not impossible she said that he may yet be converted to the true faith and have i the right to refuse to sacrifice my freedom when the sacrifice may be the means of converting an idolater to the right way and if i marry him and go with him to his kingdom shall we not make true believers of all his subjects so that i shall deserve to be called the mother of the faithful like aisha beloved by the prophet upon whom be peace the sultan found it hard to oppose this argument which was founded upon virtue and edified in righteousness he therefore entreated the indian prince to remain and to profess islam promising the hand of zahoa when he should be converted then i heard the prince taking secret counsel with a certain old man who was with him who shaved his face and wore white clothing and ate food which he prepared for himself alone the prince told all and then the old man counselled him in this way speak whatsoever words they require of thee he said for words are but garments wherewith to make the nakedness of truth modest and agreeable and take the woman and by and by when we are returned to our own land if she consent to worship thy gods it is good and if not it is yet good for thou shalt possess her as thy wife and her unbelief shall be of consequence only to her own soul but thy soul shall not be retarded in its progress and the young prince was pleased and promised to do as his counsellor advised him so i saw that he was false and that zahoa's righteousness would be but the means to her sorrow if she were allowed to persist therefore in the night when all were asleep in the palace i entered into the room where the prince was lying and i took him in my arms and flew with him to the mist of the red desert and there i slew him and buried him in the sand for i saw that he was a liar and had determined to be a hypocrite but allah immediately sent an angel to destroy me because i had put to death a man who was about to become a believer thereby killing his soul also since he had not yet made profession of the faith 
but i stood up and defended myself saying that i had slain a hypocrite who had planned in his heart to carry away the daughter of a muslim then the angel asked the truth of the prince's soul which was sitting upon the red sand that covered the body the soul answered weeping and said these are true words and i am fuel for hell have i then deserved death i asked i have killed an unbeliever the angel answered that i had deserved life and he would have left me and returned to paradise but i would not let him go and i besought him to entreat allah that i might be allowed to live the life of a mortal man upon earth for i said thou sayest that i deserve life and even if thou destroy me not now i am only one of the genii who shall all die at the first blast of the trumpet before the resurrection of the dead obtain for me therefore that i may have a soul and live a few years and if i do good i shall then be with the faithful in paradise and if not i shall be bound with red-hot chains and burn everlastingly like a sinful man the angel promised to intercede for me and departed so i sat down upon the mound of red sand beside the soul of the indian prince to wait for the angel's coming again then the soul approached me angrily but for thee it said i should have married zahoa and returned to my own people and although i purported to be a hypocrite yet in time zahoa might have convinced me and i should have believed in my heart for i now see that there is no allah but allah and that mohammed is the prophet of allah and i should perhaps have died full of years a good muslim and should have entered paradise therefore i pray allah that this may be remembered in thy condemnation at these words i was very angry and reviled the soul scoffing at it <laughs> no doubt allah will hear thy prayer i answered and will hear also at the same time thy lies and as for zahoa thinkest thou that she would have loved thee even if she had married thee i tell thee that her soul rejoices only in the light of the faith and that although she might have married thee she would have done so in the hope of turning thy people from the worship of false gods and not for love of thee for she will never love any man when i said this the soul groaned aloud and then remained silent in a little while the angel came back and i saw that his face was no longer clouded with anger 
hear the judgment of allah he said inasmuch as thou tookest the law upon thyself which belonged to allah alone thou deservest to die but in so far as thou hast indeed slain a hypocrite and an unbeliever thou hast deserved life allah is just merciful and forgiving it is not meet that in thy lot there should be nothing but reward or nothing but punishment therefore thou shalt not yet receive a soul go hence to the third heaven and when the angel azrael shall be at leisure he will write thy name in the book of the living then thou shalt return hither and go into the city of riyadh bearing gifts and zahoah will accept thee in marriage though she love thee not for allah commands that it be so but if in the course of time this virtuous woman be moved to love and say to thee khalid i love thee then at that moment thou shalt receive an immortal soul and if thy deeds be good thy soul shall enter paradise with the believers but if not thou shalt burn thus saith allah thus art thou rewarded indeed but wisely and temperately since thou hast not obtained life directly but only the hope of life then the angel departed again leading the way but the soul mocked me thou that sayest of zehowah that she will never love any man thou art fallen into thine own trap for now if she love thee not thou must perish truly allah heard my prayer but i was filled with thankfulness and departed after the angel leaving the soul sitting alone upon the red sand thus have i told thee my history o azrael and now i pray thee to write my name in the book of the living that i may fulfil the command of allah and go my way to the city of rihad then azrael again took up his pen to write in the book now thou art become a living man though thou hast as yet no soul he said and thou art subject to death by the sword and by sickness and by all those evils which spring up in the path of the living and the day of thy death is already known to allah who knows all things but he is merciful and will doubtless 
grant thee a term of years in which to make thy trial nevertheless be swift in thy journey and speedy in all thou doest for though mortal man may live for ever hereafter in glory his years on earth are but as a breath which springs up in the desert towards evening and is gone before the stars appear khalid made a salutation before azrael and went out of the third heaven and passed through the second which is of burnished steel and through the first in which the stars hang by golden chains where adam waits for the day of the resurrection and at the gate he found the angel who had led him and who now lifted him in his arms and bore him back to the red desert for as he was now mortal man he could no longer move through the air like the genii between the outer gate of heaven and the earth nor could he any longer see the soul of the indian prince sitting upon the sand though it was still there but the angel was visible to him so they stood together and the angel spoke to him thou art now a mortal man he said and subject to time as to death to thee it seems but a moment since we went up together to the gate and yet thou wast standing ten months and thirteen days before azrael and of the body of the man whom thou slewest only the bones remain so saying the angel blew upon the red sand and khalid saw the white bones of the prince in the place where he had laid his body so he was first made conscious of time nearly a year has passed and though allah be very merciful to thee yet he will assuredly not suffer thee to live beyond the time of other men make haste therefore and depart upon thine errand yet because thou art come into the world a grown man having neither father nor mother nor inheritance i will give thee what is most necessary for thy journey then the angel took a handful of leaves from a gada bush close by and gave them to khalid and as he gave them they were changed into a rich garment and into linen and into a shawl with which to make a turban and shoes of red leather clothe thyself with these said the angel he broke a twig from the bush and placed it in khalid's hand immediately it became a sabre of damascus steel in a sheath of leather with a belt take the sword which is of such fine temper that it will cleave through an iron headpiece and a shirt of mail but remember that it is not a sword made by magic let thy magic reside in thy arm wield it for the faith and put thy trust in allah afterwards the angel took up a locust that was asleep on the sand 
waiting for the warmth of the morning sun the angel held the locust up before khalid and then let it fall but as it fell it became at once a beautiful bay mare with round black eyes wide apart and an arching tail which swept down to the sand like a river of silk take this mare said the angel she is of the pure breed of najed and as swift as the wind but mortal like thyself but how shall i ride her without saddle or bridle asked khalid that is true answered the angel he laid leaves of the gada upon the mare's back and they became a saddle and placed a twig in her mouth and it turned into a bit and a bridle khalid thanked the angel and mounted farewell and prosper and put thy trust in allah and forget not the day of judgment the angel said and immediately returned to paradise so khalid was left alone in the red desert a living man obliged to shift for himself liable to suffer hunger and thirst or to be slain by robbers with no worldly possessions but his sword his bay mare and the clothes on his back he knew moreover that he was more than two hundred miles from the city of riyadh and he knew that he could not accomplish this journey in less than four days for when he was one of the genii he had often watched men toiling through desert on foot and on camels and on horses and had laughed with his companions at the slow progress they made but now it was no laughing matter for he had forgotten to ask the angel for dates and water or even for a few handfuls of barley meal he turned the mare's head westward of the goat in which is the polar star for he remembered that when he had carried away the indian prince he had flown towards the southeast and as he began to gallop over the dark sand he laughed to himself what poor things are men and their horses he said to destroy me this mare need only stumble and lame herself and we shall both die of hunger and thirst in the desert this reflection made him at first urge the mare to her greatest speed for he thought that the sooner he should be out of the desert and among the villages beyond the present danger would be past but presently he bethought him that the mare would be more likely to stumble and hurt herself in the dark if she were galloping than if she were moving at a moderate pace he therefore drew bridle and patted her neck and made her walk slowly and cautiously forward but this did not please him either after a time for he remembered that if he rode too slowly he must die of hunger before reaching the end of his journey truly he said one must learn what it is to be a man in order to understand the uses of moderation gallop not lest thy horse fall and thy perish nor delay walking slowly by the road lest thou die of thirst and hunger yet 
thou art not safe for awalid died from treading upon an arrow and oda ibn kais perished by perpetual sneezing allah is just and merciful i will let the mare go at her own pace for the end of all things is known the mare being left to herself began to canter and carried khalid onward all night without changing her gait nevertheless thought khalid if we are not soon out of the desert we shall suffer thirst during the day as well as hunger when there was enough daylight to distinguish a black thread from a white khalid looked before him and saw that there was nothing but red sand in hillocks and ridges with gada bushes here and there but still the mare cantered on and did not seem tired soon the sun rose and it grew very hot for the air was quite still and it was summer-time khalid looked always before him and at last he saw a white patch in the distance and he knew that there must be water near it for the water of the red desert whitens the sand he therefore rode on cheerfully for he was now thirsty and the mare quickened her pace for she also knew that she was near a drinking place but as they came close to the spot khalid remembered that the preceding night had been al qadir which falls between the seventh and eighth latter days of the month ramadan during which the true believers neither eat nor drink so long as there is light enough to distinguish a white thread from a black one so when they reached the well he let his mare drink her fill and he took off the saddle and bridle and let her loose after which he sat down with his head in the shade of a gada bush to rest himself allah is merciful he said the night will come and then i will drink for he dared not ride farther for fear of not finding water again then again he was disturbed for he had nothing to eat and he thought that if he waited until night he would be hungry as well as thirsty but presently he saw the mare trying to catch the locust that flew about she could only catch one or two because it was now hot and they were able to fly quickly when the night comes he said the locust will lie on the ground and cling to the bushes being stiff with the cold and then i will eat my fill and drink also soon afterwards he fell asleep being weary and when he awoke it was night again and the stars shone overhead khalid rose hastily and drank at the well and made ablutions and prayed prostrating himself towards the qibla he remembered that he had slept a long time and that he had not performed his devotions for a day and a night so that he repeated them five times to atone for the omission the mare was eating the locust that now lay in great black patches on the sand unable to move and saved themselves khalid threw his cloak over a great number of them and gathered them together 
then he kindled a fire of gara by striking sparks from the blade of his sword and when he had made a bed of coals he roasted the locust after pulling off their legs and ate his fill while he was doing this he was much disturbed in mind i have only just begun to live as a man he thought did i not stand ten months and thirteen days in the third heaven unconscious of the passing of time who shall tell me whether i have not slept another ten months or more under this bush like the companions of al-rakim so when he had done eating and had drunk again from the well and had made the mare drink he saddled her quickly and mounted and cantered on through the night guiding his course by the stars on the following day he again found a well but much later than before and he suffered much from thirst as he watched his mare dip her black lips into the pool nevertheless he would not break his fast for he was resolved to be a true believer in practice as well as in belief so he fell asleep and awoke when it was night again and ate and drank in this way he journeyed several days until he began to see the hill country which borders the desert towards riyadh and he understood that he had been much farther away than he had imagined but he reflected that allah had doubtless intended to try his constancy by imposing upon him the journey through the desert during the days of fasting but at last he awoke one day just at sunset instead of sleeping until the night he had been travelling up the first slopes where the ground though barren is harder than in the desert and had lain down in a hollow by an abundant spring he rose now and made ablutions and prayed as usual towards mecca that is to say being where he was he turned his face to the west as the sun was setting when he had finished he stood some minutes watching the red light over the desert below him and then he was suddenly aware that the new moon was hanging just above the diminishing fire of the evening and he knew that the fast of ramadan was over and that the feast of bayram had begun thereat he was glad and determined to take an unusual number of locusts for his evening meal but when he looked about he saw that there were no locusts in the place though there was grass which his mare was eating then he looked everywhere near the well to see whether some traveller had not perhaps dropped a few dates or a little barley by accident but there was nothing doubtless he said allah wishes to show me that greediness is a sin even on the day of feasting he drank as much of the water as he could in order to stay his hunger as well as assuage his thirst and then he saddled the mare and rode up out of the hollow towards the hill country towards the middle of the night he came to a small village where all the people were celebrating the feast having killed a young camel and several sheep 
seeing that he was a traveller they bade him welcome and he sat down among them and ate his fill of meat praising allah and corn was given to his mare so that the dumb animal also kept the feast truly said the people thy mare is a daughter of el barak the heavenly steed called the lightning upon which the nocturnal journey was accomplished by the prophet upon whom be peace they said this not because they divined that the mare had been given to khalid by an angel but because they saw by her beauty that she must be swift as the wind for she had a large head with bony cheeks and a full forehead and round black eyes wide apart with smooth black skin about them and a pointed nose and the under lip was like that of a camel projecting a little and she was neither too long nor too short having straight legs like steel and small feet and round hoofs neither overgrown in idleness nor overworn with much work and her tail lay flat and long and smooth when she was standing still but arched like the plume of an ostrich when she moved her coat was bright bay glossy and smooth and without any white markings by all these signs which belonged to the purest blood the people of the village knew that she was of the fleetest reared in arabia and khalid was glad that the people admired her since she was the chief of his few possessions which indeed were not many he did not know beforehand what he should do nor what he should say when in the presence of the sultan of najed still less how he could venture to ask zahoa in marriage having no get to offer and not himself being a prince before he had become a man it would have been easy for him to find treasures in the earth such as men had never seen for like all the genii he had been acquainted with the most deeply hidden mines and with all places where men had hidden wealth in old times but this knowledge does not belong to the intelligence becoming mortals but rather of the faculty of seeing through solid substance which is exercised by the spirits of the air and in his present state it was taken from him together with all possibility of communicating with his former companions he had nothing but his mare and his sword and the garments he wore and though the mare was indeed a gift for a king he did not know whether he was meant to offer it to any one seeing that it had been given him by an angel nevertheless he did not lose heart for the celestial messenger had told him that by the will of allah he should marry zahoa and allah was certainly able to give him a king's daughter in marriage without the aid of gifts of gold of musk of oud of aloes or of pearls he rose therefore when he had eaten enough and had rested himself and his mare 
and after thanking the people of the village for their entertainment he rode on his way he passed through a hill country sometimes fertile and sometimes stony and deserted but he found water by the way and such food as he needed and accomplished the remainder of the journey without hindrance on the morning of the second day he came to a halting place from which he could see the city of riyadh and he was astonished at the size and magnificence of the sultan's palace which was visible above the walls of the fortification yet he was aware that he had seen all this before as in a dream not altogether forgotten when a man wakes at dawn after a long and restless night he gazed a while after he had made his ablutions and then calling to his mare to come to him he mounted and rode through the southern gate into the heart of the city end of chapter one read by angelique g campbell december 2018